So last week, um, I preached a message called Imagine, and I talked about imagination. Now, let me just remind everybody, I did not talk about imagination like you would hear Eastern mysticism or some sort of strange foreign doctrine, not at all, but about how God gave us an imagination, and that imagination causes us to dream, to have vision of what God has for us in our future. I actually made the statement, I backed it with the word, if you weren't here, um, even if you were here, go back to the website, we have all of our messages archived, this will be archived tomorrow, if you don't get everything down today, by 10 o'clock it'll be up, and you can get all of the notes, And you, I mean you take all the notes you want, and all the messages will be up there, so, but I talked about imagination, imagine, and how that, basically, God gave that to us, we've been made in his image, in his likeness, and God is the greatest creator that's ever been, he is the, the author of all creation. And, and so he gave that to us so that we could create, or even better yet, recreate anything in our life. In other words, if you don't like the life you have, quit blaming everybody else around you and start imagining a better future. Start thinking as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now today, I'm going to teach. I'm going to give you a lesson line upon line, precept upon precept. I'm a preacher by nature. But today, I feel like I got to give you, I want to teach you how to attain what God puts in your imagination or your dreams. And so whatever you believe God for, that's wonderful. So last week was spiritual. It was to prepare you, but it could be a little abstract unless you have the keys, the principles to put in place to cause that to be fulfilled. So today, I'm going to give you eight keys to your dream fulfillment, what God's put in your heart to fulfill. Number one is this. <clears throat> Number one, get the instructions. Just write that down if you have a chance to do it. Otherwise, again, you can get this message later and write it all down. Get the instruction. God <clears throat> has created you, like I said, in his image. Therefore, uh, everything God creates, he creates with an instruction and with an instruction manual. Now, let me clarify this. God has a blueprint. God has a plan. He has instructions created for each and every one of our lives. Every one of us are different. We're not supposed to be exactly alike. We may have a lot of things in common, but there's just that one thing within our DNA structure, physically, within our spiritual structure, within our mental capacities that makes us different and makes us unique. God knows what that is. God, he actually provides the blueprint and the plan and the instruction for that. Because that gives us a way of being able to go back and look at that to understand where we're going in life or what we're supposed to be attaining in life. Um, how many has ever put together a bike for your children? Ever put together a bike for your kids? How many are going to pay somebody else to do it next time? Come on, let's be honest about it. It's not fun, right? Now, I don't know about you. Probably the majority of the men in this room, I will say, Tom, um, that, uh, that you probably have built things before, maybe for your children, your wife, even for yourself, by simply looking at the picture and then laying out all of the pieces that comes with the box or the container. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How many knows sometimes that works? Sometimes it don't work so good. How many knows all the parts providers are supposed to be on the bicycle or the basketball hoop? Come on, y'all. And if there's 25 pieces left over, probably not a good thing. Now, it might look exactly like the picture on the box, but something is out of order. 
Matter of fact, the instructions, and by, by the way, I've had my kids fall off a bike because I didn't do it right and I felt really bad. That's when I made the decision I can't do that anymore because you got to know the instructions are there for safety and for protection, right? So yes, the instructions, you go back and it gives you not only the, it doesn't just tell you how to build it, but it tells you the proper sequence, the order of which you build the bike or the thing for it to be in its best quality at its optimum level. So you go by way of the instruction manual or the blueprint that will tell you how to make something in your life that will fulfill the picture that you have, fulfill the image, the imagination, come on, that you have, the dream that you have, but it's done properly, it's done in order, it's done safe, and that thing can last a very long time. It's just like the car you're driving, whether it be new or older, most, almost every car, uh, it has a car manual. If it doesn't have one now, it used to. Every car comes with a manual, an owner's, owner's manual. That owner's manual comes from the manufacturer. So somebody in the manufacturer, the, the designer, designed a car that you're in right now. They designed it. They had it in their head. Then they begin to design it on paper, and they begin to go out to the engineers and talk to them, and then they begin to put this thing together first on paper, and then they begin to organize it, and they, they begin to they, they present it to the, the manufacturing company, and they built this thing uh, from scratch, okay? So that came, that came, that car came with an owner's manual, which are all the instructions. It even tells you things that you'll never, ever need to know, especially if you're not a mechanic, and things that you might not even understand, but everything you need to know, if you ever needed to know it, is in the instruction manual. And that manual tells you what the original intent of the manufacturer was in building your car. The manual tells you the original purpose of why they built your car, how they built your car, and even for whom they built the car. And it's involved, it has to do with what the manufacturer designed it to be from the very beginning. So in other words, you and I have been made in the image of God. You couldn't be on the planet unless you had a purpose. That purpose has been designed by God. And the way that you understand the purpose of God is you connect to the owner's manual. He left his book called the Bible on planet Earth. I'm going to not preach this. Come on. But what it does is it reconnects you for the very purpose of why you exist in the first place. So everything you do, you go back to the owner's manual. And for you, that would be the word of God. This goes way back. Jeremiah 1, 5 and 10 says, before, God said this, before I formed you in the womb, I what? I knew you. In other words, he said, it was, you were in my imagination. You were in my spirit. You were in my heart. I already knew who you were. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Or in other words, I set you apart. I ordained you a prophet to the nation. Before you were born, I knew you. I set you apart. And I put a calling or a purpose on your life. Which tells me before we came to planet earth, God knew us. Don't ask me how that works. I don't know. It's all spiritual. But he knew us. He said, see, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. In other words, God says, this is what your purpose is. This is who you are. Don't try to be something you're not. Let me make this statement. Be an original. Don't die a copy. Everybody in the earth is born an original. 
But most people in here die a copy. They copy somebody else thinking, oh, that must be what's really important. No, God made you exactly. He had his, he had his, uh, his, divini his div uh, divinity. He had his intent in you. He knew exactly what you're supposed to be. And all he's asking you to do, discover that in me. Discover that. What did I make you to be? Quit comparing yourself with other people. Some of y'all need to be delivered for something called social media. It's causing all kinds of stress and anxiety with people because they think that's somebody's real life. You don't know the life they've got without the video or without the snapping of the pictures. And beyond that, even if it's the best life possible, it's not your life. You live your life. Amen, somebody. So number one, what do we say? Number one is you got to get the instructions. Know what the instructions are. Number two, get clarity and direction. Get clarity and direction. You know, ask questions. Ask the right questions, not just the, the things, you, you know, everybody, the surfacey things. And then ask hard questions. In other words, stuff that you might not want to even ask because you don't really want to know the answers to. But if you really want life to be successful, if you really want to go to the next level and have your dream fulfilled, you got to ask the right questions, even the tough ones. And then pray in order to get clarity. Ask God questions and then pray. And when you get a vision of God's purpose, continue seeking guidance so that you will be moving in the direction of your dream. I don't want us to waste our time. I don't want us to waste our life. God gave you something. Let's start moving in the direction of what God gave us, that dream, that desire, that vision. When I believe God was directing my wife and I to plant this church all those years ago, I was coming off of a failure in ministry in the sense that we started a church and it didn't work out the way that we wanted to, to work out. And, and, uh, and most of you know my story, but, but it, was a, it, was a, it was a painful season, a reminder of, of you need God's hand on something. You can't just go out and do something. You need God to touch it and breathe on it and kiss it because that's the way that it's got favor on it, you know. And so, but God did use it. It absolutely was still a part of the plan of God. You know, sometimes we discard pain as being a part of the devil's plan, but sometimes God will use pain in our lives to make us better and make us stronger. Not that we had to walk in the pain, but there's something about human nature. When we found out the stove was hot, it's because we touched it. Oh, don't do that again. And so I was learning. My wife and I, we were learning and, 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 and growing in the process. And God spoke to us to come here and start a church. And so, you know, at first you get a little gun shy. It's like, you know, I tried that before. That was painful. Stove hot. Stove hot, right? I don't want to do that again. And so, but I kept feeling, I heard God speak to me. And after I heard God speak to me, you know, you go through those seasons of doubt. And you're not sure, man, maybe I should relook at this again. Or maybe I'll wait a little bit longer. But I began to step out in faith. And God began to bless it. And all that was wonderful. But you know, the first thing I had to do, I had to begin to go to God. Ask the hard questions. Am I able to do this? I hope so. I, I want to be. I got to answer the questions honestly. Uh, do I have enough money to do it? Nope. That's pretty honest. Do I have any people to help me? Not really, no. Um, you know, uh, am I capable? I, I hope I'm capable. Uh, do, you, do you think you can make it happen? Uh, if, 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 and God would, God would bless it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm believing God for. I'm asking all the questions, everything, and I'm writing the things down. And, um, and so I begin to pray and seek and go before God. It was interesting. As I begin to pray, I begin to hear God's voice. 
and God would begin to speak to me certain things. It would give me great confidence. And here we are today. I didn't know you. You didn't know me. All this came out because God put it in my heart to do and simply stepping out in faith. Now, I'm going to go to number three right now. Number three is this. When God does give you clarity of the dream that he's given you, you got to write it down. It seems like such a small thing, but learn to write down important things in your life. Some of you need to maybe start a journal. Start journaling the things you feel God's saying to you. But get in a habit of having pen and paper by you. Some of you have your phones and you have your note app and all that's great. However you do it, but begin to write down the things that God has put inside of you. You got a vision? Great. Now it's time to get a plan. Because the vision without a plan will never come to pass. Write it down. A plan is a documented desire, which should be the desire that God has planted in your heart. Once you write down this plan, it puts pressure on the work to advance it to the next level. It cannot happen until you first write it down because there's something that God, how God made us that when we write it down, that's the moment it becomes real to us. When you can look back, I have written things down that God's told me that I didn't believe as I was writing them down. Tell me stuff that I was going to do that I couldn't believe at the time, but I wrote it down anyways. Interesting fact, when I came back to get more clarification, number two, get more clarification on it. Number one, get my instruction, which is the word of God on it. Number three, get my prayer. That's still a part of number two. Get my prayer on it. Spend time with God. Every single time I went back to it, what I wrote down seemed Every time it seemed more possible and more possible and more possible. But the first time I wrote it down, it seemed impossible. Like this could not happen. But then as I began to meditate on it, it became real to me that this is going to happen. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Y'all having visions? Dreams? Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that be paper today, that he may run who reads it. How can we run with the vision unless we can read it, unless we can see it? For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Don't stress. Don't worry. If God gave it to you, it's going to come to pass. But pastor, it's been 10 years. I know, but it's going to come to pass. That means you're a lot closer than you were 10 years ago. You got to look at it the way God sees it. There's an appointment for that particular task, duty, assignment, dream, however you want to label it, vision from God. But at the end, it will speak. It's going to have a voice. It's going to declare, and it will not lie. Because you've been through so much, you can't lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will, it will. It will surely come. It will not tarry. That means it can't tarry forever. In other words, once you get focused, everybody say focus. That's our problem. We break focus so often in our lives. We're on it one day, off it 10 days. Then back on another day, we might be on it for three days, and then off of it 12 days. we got to get focused, y'all, and stay with what God speaks to us. And know that if it doesn't come to pass, that's okay. I'm waiting. I'm going to be here tomorrow. I ain't going nowhere. Might as well go ahead and do this and continue to stand in faith and believe God that it's going to take place. I know what the word says. If I got a vision and if I write it down, oh, I want to preach that hard. 
if I'll just write it down, I, now it becomes a reality to me, and I revisit that thing and let it begin to renew my mind and the process God has for me, it will not tarry forever. It will surely come to pass. Which leads me to number four. Take action steps of faith daily. Take action. I was going to say take action daily, but I say this. Take action steps of faith daily because, because the Bible says faith without works is what? Dead. So there's no such thing as faith unless one's actually working at what they believe. You hear what I'm saying? Believing is not faith. Believing is still hope. But the moment I have faith, I know because I'm taking the necessary steps that it takes to have this thing get manifested in my life or become accomplished in my life. So i got to take action steps of faith daily. Uh, create action items for your plan. Write down many goals. Not many, but many. M-I-N-I. Many, many goals on a daily or weekly or monthly basis. What are you doing today to fulfill the dream God's put in your heart? What do you got planned next week? What about next month? Y'all, some of you ain't planning past the day. I mean, you just don't. It's planning as you go. That's not going to get the job done. If you want your dream to become a reality, you got to make these goals and set them and then go for them. This can be one of the most stressful steps in the process. Because, you know, we're, we're stepping out by faith. We're putting ourselves out there. We're getting vulnerable now. We're letting people know we're going in this direction. It may not work for me. Oh, no, what's going to happen? But remember this. Proverbs 16.1 says, the plans of the heart belong to man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. So as I'm planning things out, I know God is going to bring me the answers I need. He's going to network me with the people I need to network with. He's going to open the doors that I need open. But if I don't plan it, if I don't take any steps, he's not obligated to do anything because faith is what pleases him and faith is what moves mountains. Y'all must be writing a lot because you ain't clapping very hard. I'll preach on sin if you want me to preach on sin. I'm trying to help you. Y'all know you got sin, right? Repent. There's your message. Go on. Just repent. I'm trying to help you. Because I don't want to get so abstract, because I preach a lot sometimes deep, and I'll get abstract. I don't want it to be that. I want to be, I want this to be, okay, I can take this and work this in my life and see these things happen. Fear is the opposite of faith. It's the polar opposite. But they, they contain the same power. Let me let you understand what I'm talking about here. Faith does move mountains. Faith is an amazing thing, because it brings to you what you don't have in the natural Healing, deliverance, salvation. You know, you can't be going, you ain't saved unless you have faith. Faith got you saved. Faith, you believe that Jesus Christ is who he's, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father except by me. There are not many religions. There's only one God, Jehovah, and only one way to him is through his son, Jesus Christ, and his sacrifice on Calvary. And now I can be born again by believing that and now walk it out by faith and repent of my sin and move on. Yes, you're going to heaven. Right? Faith did that. Fear contains the same type of power. Faith draws out of God's kingdom, draws the best of all God has. Fear draws out of the kingdom of darkness and the worst that your life could ever have. Fear, they say it's like an acronym, false evidence appearing real. real. Sometimes we're getting afraid of stuff that's not even real. 
and we're wasting our mind thinking on things that could happen and might happen, probably should happen, but they haven't happened yet. So now we're, we're in defensive mode and we're making all our decisions based on fear. I know I'm preaching right now. And we don't recognize that fear has the same power as faith and it will bring to us what we don't want. Fear will demotivate you. Fear will bring manifestation. I, I will tell you that it's important for us to understand Job was somebody who was righteous before God. But there was something in his life where he, it was a constant nagging thing in him that he feared. He feared that his family would be taken away from him. He feared that all those things would be gone. He had a fear, a real legitimate fear. How do we know? He confesses it to us in his book. And he says, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. I am not ease, at ease, nor am I quiet. You see, the fact of the matter is, is that that fear every day was drawing that thing to his life closer and closer and closer. So if we want our dream to come to pass, get rid of the fear. What if I fail? Okay, you wouldn't be the first one to ever fail before. But what if Peter never got up out of that boat? You see, Peter was the only one that actually walked on the water. Everybody else might remember him as a guy who sank, but not until he actually walked on water. And then what happened? Jesus was there and picked him up so he would not die and put him back in the boat. Let's me know that if we step out by faith, even if I falter, even if I fail, he's still there to pick me up. I can't lose. Amen. And then in faith, you got to get a date for your dream. You got to get a date and say, this is the day I'm believing God for these things to come together, whether it be a business, whether it be whatever it might be, a ministry, whatever it might be. And you say, this is the day. We had to get a date. So in other words, uh, we believe God was calling us to start a church here, but, you know, we didn't have everything together, but we, we had to have a launch date. And so by that date, we're starting no matter what. We're going to do it. How do we do it? By faith. That's the only way we could do it. Thank God we did. Number five. Number five is you need to develop an accountability partner. I can't stress enough how important that is. Develop an accountability partner, somebody who will work in the power of agreement with you. And you need somebody who will tell you the truth and not what you want to hear. So if you're going to hook up with somebody that's going to help you, hook up with the person that will tell you what you need to hear. So when you got down days, you know, I love, I, you know, we all want that person that coddles. I like to be coddled. I like that feeling, oh, everything's going to be okay. You know, it's okay. Just cry on my shoulder. That's a wonderful feeling, but it won't do me any good to get me where I need to go. I want the person to say, well, I would feel bad about that, but here's what we're going to do right now. We go first pray. I don't want to pray. You know, the last thing you want to do is pray when you're not doing well. And that partner said, no, we're going to pray. That's the first thing we're going to do. Now get on your knee, we're going to pray. And so then they start encouraging you because encouragement isn't telling you what you want to hear. Encouragement is telling you what your destiny needs to hear because it needs you. Your purpose needs you. So it's reminding you, this is not who you are. Come on, prove it. Not get out of this. You know, you're in the funk. This ain't, this ain't God. This, remember what the word said? Remember what God told you? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you need. Get a partner that will be there with you through thick and thin and push you in your destiny and remind you that you are capable of enduring this. Jesus didn't send out his disciples one by one. He sent them out two by two. Coincidence? I think not. It was to help one another, encourage one another, keep each other in their purpose and in their way. Even look at this, Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Not one. He said, not by one. But where two or three are gathered. Accountability, partnership, brotherhood, sisterhood, people coming together. That's a picture of the church. That's what Jesus set up. He said, my church. He said, my church, my church. Gates of hell won't prevail. My church. That's not people individually living. That's people, the body of Christ coming together. I love social media. I thank God for it. It connects us all over the world with all kinds of people. Information is wonderful. It's all great. But let me just tell you something. Just remind you of something. You already know in your heart. It can never replace the local church. Ever, never, never, ever. Because it's not designed for human connection. It's not designed. You can't look in somebody's eyes when they're talking to you and really know where they're coming from or hear the inflection in their voice. You just don't know. There's something about connecting together, knowing each other, knowing our birthdays, knowing our children's name, knowing that when we need prayer, there's somebody there who will grab our hands or go to the hospital and be a blessing to us. That's what two or three are gathered together. That's a picture of his church. And he said in the last days, even more as you see the day approach, assemble yourselves together. Come together. Congratulations, you did that this morning. You know there's a lot of church right now that are not doing that right now. They love God. They're going to heaven, but they're not walking in their fullness because we need one another for that to take place. You're not an island to yourself. Nobody is. We need each other. Amen. Number six, move in the direction of the dream. Begin to move in the direction of the dream. Kind of touched on this earlier, but you start moving forward. But being careful, though, to take God with you. Or in other words, or let God lead you. You know, I got all kinds of ideas. Doesn't mean they're of the Lord, even though they make me feel good, even though I can prove them in Scripture. But I, I want God to lead me and to guide me. And on my way, I want Him to be a part of my world. I, I ask Him, Is this what you want? Is this what you like? Is this what you're into? Should I do this or shouldn't I do this? And sometimes we don't ask those questions because we don't want to hear the truth. Amen we got to be watchful on our way of our journey. When we move in the direction of our dream, we got to be watchful. If you get red lights, I'm talking about spiritually, circumstantially, if you get red lights, that's not the time to put the pedal to the metal and just bust through the barricades. It may be the Lord saying, hold up now, hold up, stop, stop, caution. Let's look around here. Let's look two, both ways before we cross the street. This is a busy intersection, right? We get guidance on how to course correct. If there's a detour, don't take that as a denial. A detour is not a denial. It's simply God knows a different way. He's diverting you from one way to get you there to, by, by another means. Nothing wrong with that. Someone say amen. Why? Because he knows that there's danger. There's danger going that direction. So you've got to be flexible and let God begin to give you that. Go back to the instructions. What does the word of God? So when I get a stop or I get a barricade, I've learned sometimes the hard way. Get back in the presence of God. 
big time and get my Bible out, which are my instructions, and find out what is God saying now? What's happening? Why did the brakes get put on all of a sudden? What's going on? There is a reason. There is a, there is a precaution. There is something God's trying to hold up. But if it is the enemy, he'll tell you, just go on through, son. Keep on trucking. Make it happen. Go back to the instruction. Now watch. If it's a business that needs to be started, just as an idea for you, and then you want to move in the direction of your business, the first thing you're going to do is by faith, part of the steps, you're going to go get business cards, right? Get a logo. Have somebody design it for just real cheap. You get a box of 1,000 cards you could never get rid of in the first place and get get 1,000 cards, and now you've got a logo. You've got your street name, address, uh, phone number, however, you know, website address. You can connect that way. Then you're going to need a place to store stuff. So clean out your garage. Put up your put up your shelves, or clean out your clean out your uh, basement. Put up the shelves down there. A place you can stock stuff in. Right. You're going to want to build a website. Get somebody to help you design the website or design it yourself. Um, you begin to go to different places where you can network with people to let them know you're in town. You mean business. You're in business. Right. You're doing the necessary steps. You're doing it, and you're doing it by faith. But your faith isn't so crazy. In other words, when I say that about crazy, I like crazy faith, don't get me wrong, but I, I, I kind of have a problem if someone's like, God's supposed to have a business, and he told me by the end of, end of the week, I'm going to have a 35-story uh, building downtown Milwaukee. I don't know if by the end of the week, though, you're going to have it. Now, it could happen. Let's just probably, pretty much say, not probably going to happen. But what he will do is say, why don't you get some business cards going first? Why don't you build your website? Let's get that going next. Why don't you attend a couple of these business meetings in town, get people to know who you are, and let's not worry about the 35-foot building structure. Come on. Are you all flowing with me? It's just, it's just common sense, but it's also every one of those steps still take faith. God's going to honor your faith. The building is the big picture. we got to put the nuts and bolts together before we can get to the big picture. All right? Abraham, Abram, his name was, he called the man of faith. He said, I'm gonna, he said, get away from your kindred, away from your family, and come to a city whose builder and maker is God. In other words, it hasn't been built yet. And when you get there, I'll let you know. He just has to get up, put one foot in front of the other, and go to where God wants him to go, and he becomes the wealthiest man in the region by far, by following what God says to do. Number seven is refine your dream as you get more insight. Refine your dream as you get more insight. Your purpose is fixed, but your plans should not be. Your dream is fixed, but your plans should not be. In other words, you may have to go back to the drawing board on figuring out the plan as more revelation is unveiled and brought forth to you. As you learn more about the process, you're going to be flexible in the plan of getting to where you need to go. Does that make sense? Because we get locked into the way that we're going to do something. Okay, practicalities here. But we got to say, okay, Lord, I'm open to go the direction you want me to go. Okay? Uh, don't let any detour cause you to become discouraged. And don't be afraid to refine and revise the plan either. Um, the story I kind of, I so many stories, but the one I brought up this morning was that Jesus tells his disciples, go to the other side. Get in the boat, go to the other side. They're going to a, a city in the north. But a great storm came almost to kill them. Jesus said, peace, be still. And out of the storm, the Bible says they end up in a place called Genesaret. It's where we read about all the miracles. It's where the demon met Jesus, and it led into all these other miracles that took place in his ministry. It didn't happen where they planned to go. 
See, the vision was the same. He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. Wherever he goes, revival breaks out. The vision's the same, but the plan of getting to it was changed. And that's still the will of God. Allow yourself to be flexible. And lastly, lastly, understand your personality, understand your strengths, and understand your gifts. Understand your personality, your strengths, and your gifts. Everybody in this room has a different personality. You're not wrong for having it. It's just your personality. There are four types of personalities in the world. You're not that unique. We're all a little bit different, but of course, we all fall in certain categories. And, um, or I should say, there's, there's what is it? Yeah, four. And, um, and so, I will tell you this, I will tell you this, that, that you want to work with the people that will help you the best, but you need to learn that not everybody's going to think the way you think. And if you can understand that revelation, it's number one of being able to partner with the right people in your life. And then understand, what is it that you bring to the table? What are your strengths? Because I've learned, I learned this, I have a strength, but I've also found out that my strength can easily become my weakness. If you're strong, like for instance, you're uh, bullheaded and, and, and you're stubborn, but that bullheadedness, that stubbornness, it's gotten you a long ways in life. You were able to accomplish some things. But have you ever noticed that very same gift, that strength can become a weakness when it comes to somebody else? In other words, yeah, you can build the business. You can start that thing. I mean, you're incredible. Give it to you, it's going to get done. The problem is there is a pile of bodies behind you. Come on, somebody. You killed everybody on the way there. So nobody wants to hang out with you anymore. Job got done, though. Amen. Right. So what I'm saying to you is understand, yes, it is a strength, but it can also become a weakness. So uh, you have to work with the right people who can build up your strengths. Let me make this statement, and I'm out. When you don't know what you're supposed to do, you don't know what your dream is, don't know what your destiny is, don't know what your purpose is, the first clue you are going to ever receive is within your passion. Whatever your passion is, is a secret. It is a secret to who you are called to be in your life. Certain things anger you that don't anger everybody else. You get real mad when you see injustice. Something about that. There's a passion in you. Something about that. You might want to work with uh, people, uh, women that have been uh, used and, 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 and put into a, an abusive uh, household and, and now they're out in the street and don't have help. You might be involved in a ministry like that. I told this earlier. I said, when no baking shows come on, man, you are into the baking shows. Oh, my God, you love them baking shows, and they put a little of this and a pinch of that and a little dash of this. And, I mean, baking's a science, y'all. I don't bake. I cook. Because you know why baking hurts my head? you got to remember stuff. I mean, it's a science. It, you would agree. It, you got to mix the right stuff. Otherwise, that cake is going to be flat, right? So you got to know what you're doing. I don't have a clue. I could cook, but I don't do that. Baking stuff is hard. But you love it. You're into it. You're analytical. You like to create. You love it when you take things and mix them together in just the right patterns and, ooh, a little ooh, a taste of this. Oh, and then you put it in, and it cooks perfectly, and you, pull it, and you put the thing in. Oh, it's moist and it's so good, and you, you, you put your little frosting on it, and you send it to people's house so they can enjoy it. It's a wonderful thing for you. It's a passion on the inside of you. How in the world does that matter? How come that become my purpose? Well, maybe you're supposed to start a shop baking cakes. Or maybe it's just a sign to you let you know who you are. In other words, you love to put things together. You love to put things together and mix them up till they become one. 
You love to present those things when they're fixed and present them to somebody as a finished product of creativity that they may enjoy. So you might have another mission in life that causes people to come together. So they become more together than they were apart. You might want to start a church. I don't know. My point is, there are mile markers in your life to let you know what you're called to do. It's a secret. Your passion is a secret to who you really are. And those mile markers will tell you you're going the right direction. Amen? Did y'all enjoy that practical word?